entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's please pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. Good evening, boys and girls. Happy 3rd of July. It is July 3rd, 2023. You are tuned into the Drive-In Speaker Box podcast, live stream, program, um, radio hour, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. And we've got a fun show for you tonight because we are going to discuss... The one movie that everybody's been talking about for a really long time. Everybody's been wondering what's going to happen. Everybody's been thinking about it, predicting about it, wondering what it's going to be. We're going to be talking about the Dial of Destiny, the new Indiana Jones, coming up uh, on the show. You did see it, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It has been seen. We have both seen it. We, we told and, the people that we would, so and d- despite that, that there were several Indian movies that looked interesting... You saw the Indian uh, Jones movie. I watched. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's right. Uh, di- hands hands on. Uh, what, what is it? Don't touch that dial. Um, but that's not the review. Uh, touch the dial. Um, touch it. Touch it a lot. And uh, we'll, we'll review that later in the show. But we always talk about news at the beginning of the program. And there, you know, another week, another week of news. It's what happens. There are new releases. There are new, uh, new news. There are dead people um, that we need to talk about because uh, there was one death that was actually kind of a bummer mm. because Alan Arkin passed away this this week. Um, I mean, he was pretty freaking old. Uh, but eighty nine. Yeah, he was he was up there, man. And, you know, Alan Arkin has been in, oh my gosh, like, he was acting all the way up until basically last, this last year. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, because he announced uh, that he was going to retire, right, last mm-hmm. year? Yeah, and I mean, he, uh, it, to, to, to try and list all of his movies would be impossible. Um, I, I think, like, there was a big flagship role that he played in 2006 that kind of, brought his career back around as like a grumpy old man um because that's always a hard part for for actors that have been acting since they were young it's like how do they you know when you get typecast as a as as a role and then you start aging and people like well i don't want him anymore kind of like how brendan fraser like he was the he was the handsome heartthrob and then they're he stopped being like he got he had battles with weight and some medical issues like well, we don't want you because you're not hot and sexy anymore and then he disappeared for a while but then someone took a chance on him and now we've got this brendan frazier everybody loves him again mm-hmm. but it was little miss sunshine and alan alan arkin uh you know came on the on, on onto that and just i believe he won an academy award for that if i'm i'm i know he he's won a few i know that everyone liked that movie and that got a lot of people there a lot of attention 
Yeah, I'm going to see if I can verify what he won for. Uh, yes, best performance as an actor in a supporting role. So, yeah, he did. That's what he did win for. But, you know, he had been acting all the way back into the 60s or even the 50s, I think. So 50s and 60s, he um, was all over the place and just a long, illustrious career of Alan Arkin. And um, he will be missed. Wasn't he the 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 professor in uh, the Rocketeer? It's entirely possible. Um, Peavy, he was I guess Peavy. So. He yeah. was Peavy in the Rocketeer. Yes, he was. I mean, if or maybe not the prof- he was friends with the Rocketeer. Yeah, he was but, one of the yeah. Rocketeers, um, Rockahomies or whatever they they were called. Did they have a name? I have to call them the Rockahomies. Um, if 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 Velvet Santa was tuned in, one of our Twitch viewers, who I guess is doing family things for the Fourth of July, to, he would know. He's a, a Rocketeer fanatic, or at least he sends me pictures of Rocketeer toys every week. Yeah, man, um, just like Indy, subject to the show today. You got to fight those Nazis, man. You do. You got to punch them. There was an animated short that was really cool. I think it came out in the early 2000s called Rex Steel Nazi Smasher. And uh, there's just something about, like, fighting Nazis that, that that will never get old to people, you know? Yeah, like Kung Fury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're just, you know, there's so many things that, like, could potentially be PC or non-PC if you... If you're like, ah, we're going to go beat up this group of people. And you're like, well, you can't. They go, but Nazis? Yeah, beat them up. Just whatever. Whatever you want to do to Nazis, that's totally fine. Um, so, Alan Arkin, signing off. Thanks for a lovely career. You will be missed, sir. Um, in other news, uh, did you read about this? The the Netflix Squid Game news. Did you, did you hear about this? Mm-mm. This is a really interesting conversation piece um, that, that that I think is really important, especially when you, you know, we're having writer strikes and all this stuff. And some things I really agree with, some things I don't. But uh, it was it, there was some news that came out today that said that Netflix made a, almost about a billion dollars, 900 and something million dollars off of Squid Game. Is that just from streaming revenue, or does that include all the merchandise and everything like that? That includes all the merchandise, all the you know, all this kind of stuff, residuals and things like this. But um, what's what's interesting is you know what v, VPs and stuff are saying is is the the guy that created Squid Game is getting nothing. Hmm. You know, you'd think like, oh man, he must be getting all this money. But this is a problem with with the way that streaming networks and streaming media goes. Oh, hey, movie Albert, thanks for tuning in, man. Is he? he the Los Angeles Times reported on this, and they said part of uh, the director, uh, writer director Huang's contract included a forfeiture of all intellectual property rights and residuals. Okay, and so what people are going to go? Well, oh well, that was a smart play by Netflix and a dumb play by him. And business is business. Man, fuck that. Like, that is predatory, and that is, uh, you know, and when you have legalese and legal teams that are trying to sneak, like, translating into different languages, probably. Yeah, mistranslating and all this kind of stuff, and like going, business is business. (laughs) No, you should have never, like, anyone with a fucking soul would know that that's wrong. You know, and they're going, well, if they didn't say anything, then that's on them. That's how this country, this world, this whole planet is being ripped apart and why we're getting shitty Marvel movies and why everything is greed like centric and why 
everything is just being stripped down to the lowest common denominator. People are getting, you know, taken advantage of and just stepped on, screwed over. And it's that whole business is business bullshit that um, is it's it's terrible. And and this is why things like the writer strike need to happen is because this kind of stuff shouldn't be allowed. Like even if it a legally binding document, like again, if a judge is like, oh, dude, that's like. You made a billion dollars off this guy and gave him like 10 grand. You gave him like 10 grand. That's no, that's not even fair. Like King Midas was, was like, they're letting the baby get ripped in half. And, you know, and being like, well, that's, business is business. I think that's a different Is that a different king? Midas was the one that he had the gold you touch. touch. Turns to gold. Who was Miss Bible? The what's Midas the. Touch. Yeah, was that a Bible story? Or they. Probably. Or they take the uh, who? Come on! Yeah, there's the one where they're gonna cut the baby in half. In half yeah. yeah, that's a thing. But it wasn't Midas. Midas well, for for sake of the argument, it's uh, it was a golden baby, and oh. yeah, I, I, this this is like this is the sequel to King Midas, and it was a golden baby. And did you not see it? King it, Solomon. It, King it, Solomon. Solomon. King Solomon's mines with uh, yeah, Land, I saw King Land Solomon's mines. Was that like? Um, who who was that? Uh, Alan Quartermain, King Solomon's Mines. See, I, I can know. remember that one. See, I I just have uh, Midas touch uh, in in my Everything head. Everything I touch turns to gold. Do, 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 yeah. Do. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, you know what I did see in Netflix uh, news though? Uh, they signed Greta Gerwig on to write and direct two of their Narnia reboots. Speaking of the Bible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hey, yeah, there you go. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Netflix, which they announced they were taking over Narnia like a couple of years ago, I think, but just never did anything with it, has signed on. Uh, didn't Chick-fil-A already take over Narnia? Don't they have, like, exclusive, like, kids' meal rights to um, Narnia? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. I always thought Narnia was super rad when I was a kid. Um, so, any attempt to make that, I, I'm... We're gonna give it a chance. Uh, yeah, you she's, were totally on um, the. You thought the line was rad, right? I mean, there's yeah. a lot in Narnia that's totally rad. Uh, it's, that whiny ass punk bitch, like middle kid, that's just like, I'm gonna go be friends with the Ice Queen. I always liked the magician's right. nephew the best out of all of them. The first book, uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, was like okay, mm-hmm. but uh, the magician's nephew is the titties. That one's that should be the name of the movie. Cool. The magician's nephew is the titties. <laughs> yeah. I'd go see that. I don't that. know that that would go over real well in like early 1900s England, but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of Narnia. Uh, there, I mean, there's seven books, right? They can always do like the, if they get through all of them, you get to the last battle. You're going to have some super badass stuff. And yeah, Aslan's sick, especially when he's voiced by Liam Neeson. You're like, oh yeah, Liam Neeson is Lion God here to like murder bad guys and yeah, destroy kinda... evil. Uh, but if if they make a magician's nephew, that will be the shit. Having Aslan roar a world into existence and just have super badass stuff happening. But Greta Gerwig's never done anything like on the scale of Narnia. Well, so, what's interesting is you know Greta Gerwig now that she's her directorial debut here with Barbie that's got a lot of steam behind it, which. You know, Greta Gerwig doing Barbie, when I first heard this news, like, my brain did not compute because this is the, the person who wrote Frances Ha, this is the person that wrote China, Illinois, and Lady Bird, mm-hmm. and Little Women, and I'm like, okay, and now she's writing... She was a writer on China, Illinois? Yes. 
with old uh, dude from Fort Smith. Uh, yes. Crap, what's his name? Wizard people. Uh, Brad Neely. Reader. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, old Brad Neely and Hulk Hogan. Um, Hulk Hogan was a writer on... <laughs> no, he was a, he was a character. Oh. Uh, he voiced a character. But, uh, yeah, and then to do Barbie, and I'm like, okay, wait, and... Early reviews are coming out and saying it's really good, and now Netflix is like, "All right, Miss Barbie, here, let's go party," and they're throwing Narnia at her. So, well, you know what? Uh, talking about positive, uh, early positive feedback for Barbie stuff, uh, it has become such a, uh, a, a positive feedback source for Mattel online that they've announced that they're going to make forty-five movies based on their toys. Excuse me, what? Yep. They said, thanks to the positive feedback they've seen for Barbie so far on social media, they have plans to create 45 movies. And and they've announced like 15 or 16 of those. Okay, um, let me get my internet out. Um, yeah, we'll get ready for this. Uh, one of the big ones is Barney the Dinosaur. Well, we know that. And who's writing that? Uh, uh, the Kaluuya is producing it. Yeah, there was uh, somebody I read. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, he's he's the producer. It uh, blew my... I was like, wait a minute, and what? Kevin McKeon, the head of Mattel Films, said that it's going to be for adults. It's going to be for 30-somethings and the trials that they face. And it's going to be done like an A24 movie. Oh, my God. Okay, so here we go. Uh, I'm looking at a list of Hasbro. No, this, so, so don't trust that. Don't. That. No, no, no. This is not movies. This is a hypothetical. These are just okay. brands that Hasbro owns, and I'm hypothesizing on what would be movies. All I right, mean, and then I'll tell you which ones. They okay, are. Um, Mr. Potato Head. Like that seems like it's a built-in movie. I mean, they've announced 45, so it's probably in it. The Play-Doh movie to, to make it just like Legos, but does, do the Play-Doh movie. Does Disney have rights to Mr. Potato Head? Like Sony has rights to Spider-Man? Shit, probably because of Toy Story. Toy Story, they're they to negotiate that mm -hmm. one. But I think because remember when Playmobil tried to do a Playmobil movie, like the Lego movie? Yeah, and like it, what two years ago? Yeah, and it didn't work. I think if if Hasbro tried to do a the Play-Doh movie, that might work. Uh, they already did Jim, and it didn't do well. Right, the gym movie. Jim is truly outrageous. Truly, truly, truly Jim. You know, they they tried that did one. They? Yeah, they totally did. I have no idea. I think they know. did, yeah. but it was it was so forgettable we all forgot about it. I don't know. Yeah, here, let me let me take it up. Jim movie. Jim and the Holograms, two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was Aubrey Peoples and Stephanie Scott, Molly Ringwald, Juliet Lewis, Ryan Guzman. Um okay. yeah, so they already tried that one. Okay. Um, Doesn't mean they can't try again. GI Joe already doing it. Uh, Peppa Pig. I don't think that's that that works. Uh, let's see. Gobots. They're going to compete with Transformers. I mean, Gobots is the original. Transformers came after Gobots. This is true. Uh, Magic the Gathering. They own that apparently. Yeah, they can make a movie like that because it's just like D and D. Uh, Beyblade. <laughs> let them rip. Man. Yeah, let's let them rip. Laser tag. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, let's see. Monopoly. I think that they are already in the works of making a Monopoly movie. That was already a thing that I read about. Um, Nerf? A Nerf movie? Maybe. Well, you have a list. I have a list. All right. So so they're doing... I was waiting for you to go, oh, no, okay. uh, oh. and yes. Well, none of those. Absolutely none of those. They're doing oh. Barney the Dinosaur. Okay. Hot Wheels. We Oh, they already did a Ouija? Was Ouija... That's a Hasbro. They're doing... Uh, I don't know if the horror movies based on it are. Uh, okay. But... They're doing Hot Wheels and Matchbox movies. Okay. And then they're doing a Magic 8-Ball movie. 
What? Okay. I don't know how it's going to work if it's not like a thriller or something. Okay. Uh, they're doing a Polly Pocket movie. Oh, hell yeah. But no Mighty Max. Fuck that. No Mighty Max. Mighty what? Max was way cooler. Mighty His Max. His sets were like creepy skulls and pirate caverns that opened up and they were so badass. You could yeah. bring Polly Pocket over and she could hang out with Mighty a, Max. It could be a shared universe. Yeah. Uh, they're doing Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It could be Mighty Maxine and we could just have a crossover. No, don't do that. Um, they're gonna. But they uh, they already did the Rock'em Sock'em Robots with uh, yeah. Hugh Jackman. What was that movie Real called? Steel. Real Steel. But they're doing a Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie. Uno is going to be a movie. Okay, yeah, Zaxoff called that one. Uh, and he also, in the comments, he said, Battleship, again. Is it Mattel, though? I think that's Hasbro. I thought you, this is, are we not talking about Mattel? We're talking, We're about talking Mattel. Mattel, I was looking at Hasbro properties. No, dude, Mattel. Uh, and then Viewmaster is going to be a movie. Well, I was looking at the, oh, Fisher-Price, Thomas and Friends, that's all. We already got these. And then uh, the last he one man. is a Masters of the Universe. They're making yeah. a, another, but is it going to be live action? Is it going to be animated? Netflix has their Masters of the Universe stuff going that, on. The Kevin Smith Masters of the Universe was pretty good. Resurrection or whatever. Yeah. That was that was. A I lot never of fun. watched the second half of it. It was good. Hmm. It was really good. Like the first half was all like, eh, what are they trying to do here? And then it stuck the landing. It was pretty good. Yeah. So so but the, and, you know, and then there's a couple of like '60s. Um, buff guy toys that they're making movies that no one remembers so like stretch armstrong who no that? no like dudes they don't like his, like uh muscle thompson yeah it's like uh-huh. rex jackson or something like that they, dude what was what was that there was a um uh, what was, uh action jackson have you ever seen that movie uh, oh God, it's so good. Doesn't um, it have Michael Jai White? No, it has Carl Weathers as Action Jackson. Oh, okay. And yeah. Craig T. Nelson, Older Van- movie. Vanities yeah. in that one. Um, <laughs> Bill, Bill Duke is in it again. You know, he was in all those movies with Carl Weathers. Um, yeah, Action Jackson was pretty damn good. But did you know that Hasbro tried to take over Mattel in like 2017 and and failed? That makes sense. Yeah, they were they were trying to they were trying to do it, but. Now with Barbie, Mattel is stronger than ever. Yeah. And, man, wild. So, yeah, Zach's off on Twitch says, seen it, the movie. Maybe, yeah. And it's just you in the theater playing the game. Yeah. Oh. It's just it, it's just a never-ending one of those previews where they do the movie trivia while you're waiting, and it just t- doesn't stop. I'm going to tell you a story about seeing it and why I fuck seeing it. Uh, me and one of my friends were playing Star Wars scene it years and years and years ago when it was the DVD and that was like the cool thing. I think right? I have a couple of editions of seen it back here. Actually. Well, and we got down to the final round and I was like the clear front runner in this. And uh, it was like a piece it together thing. And on the final thing, if you don't get it, your opponent can steal it or whatever. They can as soon as you shout an answer, they can start shouting an answer, whatever it was. And it was a uh, picture of Django Fett. And I was like, Django Fett. And he got pissed because he knew he lost. And he goes, whatever, Boba Fett. And then the answer they put was Boba, even though it was a picture of Django. And to this day, we argue. No, over that's cool. That's not that cool. Game. That's not cool. Yeah, it was blue and silver. It was not green and dull and red. It it's was just like this book right here that says a 1001 movies you need to see before you die that has Temple of Doom on the cover. And it's not in the book. Because Temple of Doom is the best one. It's a one. dumb movie. It is the Last best Crusade one. Last Crusade is the best it is one. It's the best one. Anyhow. Last Crusade? Yeah, dude. Sean Connery. Dude, you could just 
take this cup and shove it. Yeah, well, like, guess what movie this one's from, huh? Well, this is the, the cheapest. Plus, it has the dude the and he's cheapest like, oh, relic. Oh, and the ages and the hair and he falls apart. Which is just a copy of the dude who goes, oh, oh, oh and melts from God, the first the one. totally what's, different. What's with, the, like, God artifacts just making dudes, like, go, oh, <laughs> making them, dude. like, bust real hard till they melt. Jesus. <laughs> dude, but I like that. The night's way cool, man. He just. You just like old dudes with long hair and beard mustaches that look like yours. <laughs> No, the night's cool, man. Hey, you know what? Something else about Netflix that I just remembered. Uh, Empire Magazine Oops. released a uh, a scene or a, a screen cap from uh, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, his oh, Star yeah. Wars that was never made. So he just made a, a not Star Wars movie that's clearly a Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, and the and the pictures they released are of. Uh, the one of the main characters, her name is Nemesis, which is super creative. It's a great name. And she has like these two like heated up sword things that are definitely not lightsabers. Yes. And um the dude that played uh Cyborg they from, heat from Justice League and he has like braids and like some big gun. He looks like Tyr Anasazi from Andromeda. Uh but the, there's stuff happening there and I think it's due out in December. Yeah, so your Zack Snyder Star Wars is coming up on Netflix. They've released some uh, screenshots to get you hyped. But you know what his original um, proposal for this movie was back before Disney bought Lucasfilm? That's how long ago this goes back. When was that, 08, 09? It's been a minute. Yeah, uh, pre-2010. Uh, his uh, proposal was Seven Samurai in Space for Adults. Sticking with uh, Kurosawa roots for Star wait, Wars. Did I just open up an Indiana Jones artifact? Yeah. Oh! yeah. So if it's done right, it could be really cool. But Seven Samurai in Space already exists as an anime called Samurai Seven, mm-hmm. which is pretty sick. But it's not a live action. Yeah. So we'll see how that one turns out. You know what? Talking live action and uh, Zack Snyder and all this. Uh, you see that the the dude from Smallville that played the Flash, he played uh, Bart Allen in Smallville, is uh, posting things on Twitter of him shooting bows and arrows and hashtagging his Green Arrow. And no, <laughs> everyone's like, I think he wants to be Green Arrow in DCU. So uh, he's trying to get some of that public attention and uh, be brought back into DC and made the Green Arrow for Zach uh, for. Uh, 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 all uh, dudes. What's except for the Green Arrow? It's like a shitty Batman. Well, Green Arrow's not a shitty Batman. I don't like Green Arrow. Why? I don't know. I don't like bow and arrow comic book people. I don't like Hawkeye. What? I don't like Green Arrow. I don't Hawkeye like the other the one that shit. Dude, you ever read the Ultimates? He's like strapped to this chair. He rips his own fingernails out and like flings them into people and murders them with them. It's really cool. And that, I mean, and that's your claim to fame. No, right. man, his whole thing was that he was like a, a Olympic superstar turned supervillain, made good guy. He was in the Thunderbolts. Hawkeye's cool as shit, man. And then uh, Green Arrow's super oh, badass. Shoo, like, uh, <laughs> uh, why, why the bow and arrow? What, what, are the, what are the comics where Batman's old? You know, the one with the tank and, and the, uh, the punk uh, red-headed girl Robin. And uh, the feminine Joker. I wasn't in this. I think I'd fallen out. Dark of Knight Returns of, of comics at this point. No, this is way back in the eighties. Uh, no. Dark Knight Returns. Uh, I was too young for this. Green Arrow's in it. He has like one arm and he's super badass. 
Or no, he's blind. I was about to say, how, no, he has how one are arm. you a one-armed archer? He has one arm. I mean, I get Def Leppard's one-armed drummer, but how do you arch with a one arm? Uh, Def Leppard rules, man. I know. I didn't say he didn't. I said he was awesome, and I I can I can see that. He You're... can because he's he's green. Out. Hawkeye was blind in Old Man Logan. Green Arrow has one arm in Dark Knight Returns. So he's just like use his foot. Yeah. Dude. No, he just has an arm attachment that's a bow. And just no. goes pew, 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 pew. Like, well, if you've got like an automatic laser gun, that's like 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 Scarlet on, um, you know, G.I. Joe. She had like an arm crossbow. And it's like, but it's a gun. So like, or, or like, like Chewie's bow caster. Why is it in the shape of a bow? It's shooting a laser. Like, what is, what purpose does the bow serve? It, it has like the, uh, the bulbs that store the energy or whatever. <laughs> the energy is stored in the bulbs. Yeah, dude. Bow caster is cool. You know, the P is stored in the bulbs. <laughs> I know the guy that started that joke. Um, the, inter- the, 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 the energy is stored in the bulbs. Well, you know what? Talking about uh, DC, too. Uh, Thanks for the sub. Yeah, thank you. Uh, they cast um, hey. Superman and Lois for the, uh, the DCU Superman Legacy movie. Some dude I've never heard of. Uh, what's his name? David Corin Sweat. And then uh, Rachel Brosnahan from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Those are your the, that's your Superman and, and your Lois. And the internet was just making fun of the fact that they cast a dude that looked like Henry Cavill to replace Henry Cavill. Because because Henry Cavill looks like Superman. That's, that's true. That's the, it's <laughs> like uh, chicken or the egg there. Uh, let's see. I got one more DC thing that okay, interests you. Yeah, we gotta we gotta do James release. James Mangold uh, that directed our uh, Indiana Jones movie that we uh, uh, wait what Rip Everett did Everett die? Yeah, did you not hear about that? No. Yeah, it was like earlier this year. What the? Mm-hmm. The guy who started the peas in the balls. I, I had no idea. He he was a big it's like Twitch guy or not Twitch Twitter guy. He got he 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 did a that's, lot I of guess internet that's why I memes. I haven't seen a lot of his posts. Yeah, he was a big meme lord. That's really sad. Yeah, we were friends in real life. I'm gonna have to look into that. Um, back to the show. Uh, that's that bums me out, bro. I, I had no I, I idea. Thought you knew? No, I haven't really been on the internet much, uh, like I used to be. Uh, in, in, anyhow, um, James Mangold that directed Indiana Jones mm-hmm. Five, um. He is the one that is uh, taking charge of Swamp Thing for DCU. Okay. And he has announced that he plans on changing the origin of Swamp Thing. And the article I read said that they feel like that's a good thing to do for the character, and they're going to keep him in the dark about what his own origins are so that he's just pretty much purely Swamp Thing and halfway trying to figure out who he is kind of a deal. But they said, we think the only kind of people that are going to be upset are the hardcore fans. Uh, because Swamp Thing is really a niche character that um, not that hasn't gotten a lot of exposure uh, and, and had things made about him. Well, um, the, the, but there's two movies. Mm-hmm. There was a, a live action series and a cartoon series. I had all the toys when I was a kid. Um, and then he's in a lot of the animated stuff. The toys were stuff. pretty cool. He's in... Um, the uh, uh, DC fighting games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. What, he had his own show on the DC network. Um, so I don't know what they mean that Swamp Thing 
is more of like there a was a, wasn't there a swamp character. thing cartoon in like the early 90s yeah absolutely yeah. i had the toys and he had yeah. the swamp mobile and he'd come out of this cave and like and then everybody's and, the, your your favorite scene in swamp thing to the movie oh where, where he the, feeds heather locklear his dick and she has and like she a has magical the, trip the sex fantasy about him and his like uh boxers with the hearts on him mm-hmm. yeah yeah because he just snaps off his wiener and he goes eat this poison penis and she goes okay <laughs> and then they have mind sex Dude, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. <laughs> Definitely a thing. That, um, that, that's just moments after the little fat Swamp Kids are looking at the Playboys. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I mean, Swamp Thing's origin story is kind of weak anyway when you take into consideration who he is. Uh, so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Maybe they can make it a little cooler. I don't know. I mean, I'm not super married to his origins, but I do think the character is really cool. Like... Uh, I mean, I think that the, mm-hmm. his magic powers need to come from the same place, but who he is when he was a human becoming a Swamp Thing, I think could be, you know, left to uh, to interpretation. As long as it stays dark. Thanks for the sub, Loach. So, uh, oh, we're almost close to a hype train. You can sub, well, gift, or hype chat and get that hype train a rolling, guys. Oh, we don't, and we don't even have our Twitch mod uh, Vince in here tonight so, to help guy to to um, um, conduct that hype train. So, um, anyway, all right. Well, uh, we need to move right along. Tell you what's coming out in theaters this weekend, so we can get to the Indiana Jones talking here for the second half of the show. Uh, so this week is uh, July 7th, 2023. There is two movies coming out nationwide this weekend. Uh, I do suspect that Indiana Jones is going to pick up some steam. I don't think it's going to be a significant, like one of those, you know, like Flash that was a 75% drop off from week one to week two. I think that this one's going, I think a lot of people were out having barbecues and like 4th of July is not always a big movie weekend. I think a lot of people were hesitant to go to it too because of the last uh Indiana Jones. Yes, they were there. The, the you know fire bad kind of like you know they felt they didn't trust it, but uh, but this week we have Insidious, the Red Door, the the latest installment in the somehow never ending, never sp- continuing to sprawl. Uh, Insidious. This one's uh, supposed to be the last one. I think. Well, it's the last one of the Insidious line, but Insidious has spawned all sorts of you know different things. The the Patrick Wilson horror verse, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think he directed this one. Um, I'm not sure, but it would not surprise me. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I like Patrick Wilson, honestly. Um, he's generally pretty good in everything he does. Uh, but I, I, I will say that I am really tired of these movies. He, he plays a really good doucher. He does. Yeah, he does. Like um, that movie where Liam Neeson was on that train. He's just kind of, kind of a doucher face, you know. <laughs> so sorry, Patrick, if you're watching. But um, he was Night Owl and uh, Watchmen. He, 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 that's right. He was mm-hmm. and a doucher. Um, okay, so uh, also coming out this week is Joyride. If you have seen the trailers to this, this is a um, a comedy following four Asian American friends as they bond and discover the truth of what it means to know and love who you are while they travel through Asia in search of one of their birth mothers. Um, so it's, it makes it sound a lot deeper than the trailers where they're shoving drugs up their buttholes. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're American. We're going to the homeland. Oh, here's drugs. Put them. Makuchi, and then just like going crazy. It's from director uh, Adele Lynn, and <clears throat> it's got Stephanie Sue and uh, Ashley Park as the leads. And uh, you know, looks it looks like a traveling drug. It looks like a traveling drug comedy. You know, um, so 
um, movie Hangover says, clone. have we seen Asteroid City? Yes, we talked about it last week on the show. Saw it last week. Um, my arc, or The quick review I had of it that, that kind of encapsulates things that I said last week was uh, I thought it was one of Wes Anderson's most visually and technically impressive films he's ever done, but one of the more boring. Like, I felt it had no narrative structure, not a single character that I really cared about seeing, um, and it was just kind of tough to watch in that respect, but technically, and it was, it was one of the most beautiful things he's ever done. So, um, anyway. Uh, Mark Landry says, isn't Joyride about using a CB radio to harass a murderous trucker? Um, maybe. It's like what was that? What was that one movie about? Um, was it like break? What uh, was Kurt Russell, where he gets stranded and those truckers like kidnap his wife, mm-hmm. and while he's getting his car repaired, it was like called CB Guys. I don't know. What they remade that one too. I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In like the two thousands, it was remade. So that's what's coming out this weekend. Now we need to talk about we need to talk about Indiana Jones. We gotta do it. We gotta we gotta talk about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, not the Carpenter's Cup, uh, the Goblet of Jesus, not the one or from the whatever. Best movie. This is not the best movie, it's dude. The best movie. This, in fact, Last Crusade, the existence of Last Crusade is the only thing that makes me not enjoy parts of Dial of Destiny. Really, because them referencing. Uh, freaking the second one was kind of shitty in in this movie. No, there was they took a lot of the cool parts out of Temple of Doom because they're like, man, Temple of Doom's the best one. You remember so the bugs? Do, we should do bugs. Remember short but round? We should do bugs. short round. Yeah. Remember like runaway minecar like cave slides? We should do that again. We should do all the coolest stuff that we've ever done again because Temple of Doom was the coolest one. No. And uh, but anyway, the thing that I didn't like about Last Crusade, which coming into uh, Dial of Destiny is Sean Connery was like 25 years younger than Harrison Ford Older. is. In, no. Oh. It, he was playing his co- tottering, incompetent, senile he, dad. He, wasn't seen, he was one of the most brilliant minds on the planet he was at like, the time. Oh, Sonny, I'm old and have an umbrella. I oh, can't do shit. That's and not, like, that you was, need to his, rewatch that and movie because like, that's not how it all Dastardly, I'll punch you, you ne'er-do-well. And like, you know, and they're like, oh, dad, you old senile fart. And then what? 20 years later is the same age that Harrison Ford is in. This This one is age 80. And he's like, I'm going to get on this horse and I'm going to kill some Nazis. I'm going to get on this train. I'm going to kill some Nazis. I'm going to get up on, I'm going to run a block because somehow I'm 80 and can do that, which is incredible because he is in an amazing amount of shape for an 80 year old. Um, but yeah, it was just like, dude. Yeah, but when you Dude. see him walk, he has like a limp in some of the scenes. Well, yeah, because he's eighty, <laughs> and that's okay. Let can so, we let him be eighty? So this one, this Indiana Jones is about the dial of of destiny, right? What they continually refer to as the Antikythera, which is which I was obsessed with when I was a teenager. But that's not what it's called. It's called the no. Antikythera. Um, device or machine or, or whatever that's what mechanism it was, yeah yes. that's what it was called antikythera is the name of the island uh, yeah. at which they found it and i hated that in this they kept referring to it but this is the first movie where they're dealing with a real object that exists in museums that you can look up on the internet and, and google and is is true to life which is cool 
which is dumb because it can't you can't suspend your disbelief when it takes place during real events in the middle of New York City that can be easily disproven or real items that are in a museum that can be easily disproven so there's no suspension of disbelief in this movie but no right that's from what the I get-go. liked about it is and I had a long conversation with Lojweb who just joined us in the comments we were we were talking about this this past week cuz we had both seen we didn't see it together but we liked the part like there were there were they were dealing with historical accuracy. Like we all know that you know uh, the, the the pyramids were real and and the staff of Ra was like a thing, but you know it wasn't disproven that it doesn't lead to a snake pit that opens up no, to so fucking the Ark what, of the what Covenant. What I'm saying is that it would have been fine if the Antikythera mechanism was truly useful instead of a piece of green rust found on the bottom of the ocean. They find it like it, it's it's brand new. That's it can, true. That's, that's true. the whole that's what I'm saying is that you can see this. They study it all the time and but it that's doesn't it move. Cool. It's a piece of junk. Cuz like but what if? Yeah, that's the whole thing. What if it, it, all of the other Indiana Jones take place in a far off part of the world or like Nazis and everything's a secret and you Far can't off say part of the world yeah dude in, like weird India Pakistan places no with... you're, you're no you're thinking of Temple of Doom which is mm-hmm. again the best one so I know that's what you first or think of because it's the best movie strange but places like, in Austria that you can't like disprove. Germany and yeah. Egypt and like no that's not strange places it's just places you've never been it, like exactly. Dallas is strange to you you've never you've only been there once that's like, what I'm saying <laughs> It's, like, but all of those, it, it, the whole thing is that it was supposed to be like the serials of like the 30s and stuff where you're like, whoa, the world and all this. And this one's like, we're here in New York City and this thing definitely. Because he's old. <sighs> but he's also had it for a long time already. Yeah, he's had it. He slept on it. He doesn't give a crap about it. And that's what's kind of neat. It's like, oh, sh- he, 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 Indiana Jones was just like, ah. And then these guys came just back. just couldn't destroy it. He he knew something was yeah, up. Poorly CGI'd Indiana what, Jones. What, well, I mean, of course it, really it wasn't that it bad. wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad when they pulled the bag off and he was looking straight on. I was like, wow, that looks really and good. It was dark. And then he did this, and, and it was, was instantly bad. terrible. And then when he ran on top of the train, and it was like super <laughs> awkward, like Bigfoot CGI. But in comparison to Flash. Okay, well, yeah. anything's a masterpiece. I mean, fucking Veggie Tales looks like hyper realism <laughs> next to Flash. But well, so you know, it, but but I felt like for the story where it needed to go, because to me, I think that Indiana Jones: Dial of Destiny was as good as an Indiana Jones movie as we could have ever hoped to have in 2023. You're probably right. You know, because like I can imagine the Indiana Jones movie that I wanted to see come out in 1994 Mm. and been like, oh, Jesus, you know, compared to the movie that's in my head that came out in the 90s. This was a pile of shit. But to (laughs) the movie that we got with an 80 year old comparison forward, I felt like the story was like, okay, James Mangold had a, a very big challenge on his hands. How do we make an 80-year-old cottering dude that hates acting that <laughs> is made of glass to uh, be one of the most iconic action heroes of cinema history well, again? But also, how do you uh, take George Lucas and Spielberg out of their creation and their character? Uh, and well, it's easy to take Spielberg out mm. there's, there's because there's enough because Spielberg has become Wes Anderson like in his style I was about to say you could tell this was not a Spielberg movie from the visuals though and that was one of the things that took away from it for me is because I wanted to see 
those shots that like framed up and, and and went from like one scene framing to another and had all the actors blocked in all the right places and it's smooth Spielbergian transition. I needed that and you don't get that in this. It, you, you can do get tell... Spielbergian lighting. You do not get those transitions. Right. You do not get you know, his coloration. You don't. Yeah, you don't there's... have like the kind of cinematographer or anything that Spielberg would use in, in this kind of thing. And the same lenses. Right. Like I think Spielberg shot almost all of the at least the first two movies on uh, Panavision um, anamorphic lenses, and they're and you, they have a look to them that is very unique. And when you're shooting on a lot of digital formats and getting some of the, and having to do with CGI and all this shit, like the the Panavision lenses just don't hit the same way. Well, and um, you only get one Wilhelm yell in this, and it's not even more. It's the not Wilhelm the yell. true Wilhelm they, yell. They, they, but it was, I, I nailed it and I loved it. Like when he grabbed the deal on the chair, he goes, ah! and I was like, no, oh, there's the, there's there the Wilhelm. I got it out of the way real yeah. quick. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was so much of it. Like there were parts of it that, that kind of looked and, and kind of felt Indiana. And I think John Williams is a big part of that. Uh, yeah, although the sc- I will say the score was not as memorable as any of the previous ones or no, the previous it was, it the felt, holy trilogy. It felt it. recycled. There wasn't anything yeah. that stood out to it. There wasn't anything new about it. They were just like again, like Temple of Doom us had the one indie. of the greatest scores. Like all, uh, all of the three good fortune and glory. Good stuff, and you know fortune and glory, kid one of the best lines in they Jones. uh they misuse sala in this which was very uh, yes. disappointing to me 100%. because i was hyped my boy sala was back i will say that i enjoyed like the first scene of sala i was really disappointed in but when they tied him back at the airport and he was talking about how he, how he misses the sands and he misses the whatever and he wants he wanted to go with he Indy. wanted to go yeah and in, him, well instead of like but he had his family and indy yeah, didn't want him to leave kids. his and family. i thought that that was an important scene yeah. because it, it illustrated Illustrated Surprise, that, you're old. Yeah, the illustrated that Indiana Jones, at a certain point, he doesn't feel like he has anything left to live for. Uh-huh. And, you know, all that chasing fortune and glory when he's like, what has it got him now? And Yeah, you know, living in a shitty apartment it. and all that stuff. Um, they they tell you why Mutt's not in the movie and why Marion's not in the movie. Which I thought was a great scene, yeah. a great tie-off to a character I hated. And the second time they talk, the first time they talk about it, it's just like throwaway, and you're like, "What, really?" And then when he, when there's actually an emotional part of it, because you that, realize what you didn't have to see it on screen to fill in all the yeah. gaps of what happened in their mm-hmm. relationship, and I thought that that was smart writing. Um, the the the, but but there's also parts that are complete opposite of that. Like, what was the point of the CIA lady? Okay, why so, was she even there? So Wait. Logan and I, with the, and and her boss who had the like Omega symbol on his breast pin, we're trying to look and see. Oh, if the there dude was, like, with the crutches. Yeah, and he who just like gets smashed by a bookcase really quick, and and yeah, like the oh, the cloak and dagger like CIA agents that are yep, with yep. America. I they could have been completely taken out of the movie. There was because, no need for them no. because all they were doing was chauffeuring the bad guys and the bad guys were very clearly bad guys well, who didn't care yeah. that those people were two feet away from them they and they go like, don't shoot these people and they go uh-huh. too late dude <laughs> yeah and then act like they were using them yeah using but they the were US pointless government. they were absolutely pointless it's like really <laughs> so uh, they i felt like i agree with you i felt like those characters were completely unnecessary and the short mm-hmm. round kid probably didn't have to be in this movie he didn't have to be in there but i i did appreciate the fact 
that he was not big comedic relief. Like I thought they were just going to mm-hmm. shoehorn him in to be doing a bunch of jokes and being cute. But I feel like they put him in as a plot, like a narrative plot device for Indiana Jones to, you know, have be something forced into adventure and to, and to, and to care about something. You know, and to be a little less selfish and, um, you know, and, and, and as a plot device for the girl f- to show Harrison Ford for that she's not bad. What character development? So yeah, Sophie Waller-Bridge's character is piece of shit. That is her character. Kid. Yeah, she was just a little bit of a well, character in there. The end, let's not pretend she was the same. Her entire character into the last 10 seconds <laughs> is that she's a piece of shit and that she can't help herself but be a she piece of shit. She did annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. Say that. She was evil and turncoat at, at every, every opportunity turn. she was just like oh a chance for me to be a bad guy I didn't yes really i want in why, on this either if Indy because was she was sour Cat, yeah because she just like felt butthurt that her dad's dead and uh you know but they didn't even explore that a little bit she was just like yeah well it happens because <laughs> of this and that was your whole thing there she was just a she really bad person yeah loge web on twitch says she was a sociopath who co-opted a mustachioed child into doing <laughs> terrible things orphan, yeah he was doing shit anyways. uh but but yeah but mads can we say mads mads mickelson's such a good actor he's so good he's such a good actor he's so good in everything and they, just they like focused too out. much so on good. on mr mustache shoot him up oh instead of God. having more mads mickelson they could have had more mads mickelson mads Mads, that die so he's so, and and his and his character was so uh, and Loge Webb and I were having this conversation going back to what we we're talking about about interesting little tidbits of historical accuracy when they were asking him like oh what do you do and he's like oh I'm a professor in Alabama which is where the Space and Rocket Center is in Northern Alabama where they were mm-hmm. doing rocket research and he was this guy and you know talking about how if the Nazis and it's a well known fact that if the Nazis had invested in that uh, rocket technology that they probably could have won the war and and then there's this guy who did invent this rocket technology trying to go back and you know usurp because he didn't want to he didn't want to like he didn't well yeah he didn't he he, uh, it's hard to not be a spoiler he thought that he could help germany win the war if he went back to the early parts there's another level there so that's why the, the 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 whole point of the dial of destiny is that it leads you to fissures in time so that you can effectively you you can time travel Mm-hmm. Right, that's the dial of destiny. Is that it's a time travel device, and and this movie gives you a bait and switch on the whole Christian thing. Right, they mm-hmm. have the the spear that that pierced Christ in in it, and then they're like, oh, it's a fake. But here's this other thing that we're just going to move on with. Well, so they're the like, Nazis were looking for all these artifacts, and you remember real. the two good ones that were about mm-hmm. <laughs> a Christian artifacts. Here's one. Nope, it's gone. Well, I mean, the Nazis were well known for messing with all kinds of crazy yeah, occult dude, I, stuff and technology mm-hmm. and doing weird experiments and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, and I, I, I like that. I like that they were, you know, it wasn't just another another arc of the code, another Christian magic wand or whatever. Um, you know, yeah, here's that's the what the two good ones. Are. Here's a a, mm-hmm. a wardrobe that's supposed to take us to another dimension, and there's a lion that can help destroy <laughs> the world. Um, you know, uh, we got enough of those Christian artifacts, but. Uh, as Zaxoff said on Twitch, we should have used it to go back in time and create more seasons of Hannibal, which had Mads Milkinson playing Hannibal Lecter that was just chef's kiss. It's so good. Uh, I truly fell in love with Mads watching that show. It was so good. Um, but it's all a spoiled Dial of Destiny and Raiders. 
I'm gonna have to go back and watch Raiders of the Lost. What happens Ark. in Raiders? That he... bad dates. What I I, don't I need I, I need I need extrapolation on this. Yeah, this I need more elaborate. info here. Bad, bad dates. dates. I mean. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> Womp. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Got him. Got him. Okay. Yep. Well, if you get to the end of the movie. <laughs> bad dates. Uh, but okay. Overall, I I had a lot of fun watching this movie. It's acceptable. Uh, it's a lot better than Crystal, Crystal Skull. Skulls. It really it's, is. It's not as shitty as you thought it was gonna be. And 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 that's the right. thing that's it's, blowing me away is all these reviews I'm seeing are just putting all this massive hate on it. And I'm like, I don't think it deserves all this massive hate. I think we're still mad about what happened with Crystal Skull. I, I think it's a a little boring and it focuses on characters that you didn't need. They could have written some of them out, but I think they Mm. wanted to... The chase scenes were too long, as Loge Webb said. Like, I... I... Was it better than four out of ten? Oh, for sure. I give it a six or a seven Indiana Jones is like chase scenes and and vehicle stuff, like... You have to think about the fact that he's old and still doing this, and that's kind of what makes it impressive. Not that it's actually that impressive. Yeah, I mean, watching Harrison Ford run twenty feet is a stunt in and of itself. Exactly, he did all of that. But but a lot of it. It it fits in with the other movies. Like you have the mine car in Temple of Doom. You have the tank and but there were not like fifteen minute scenes. Like the scene where they're driving the little three wheel. Dude, the fight scene on top of the tank was awesome. In uh, oh wait, Last Crusade. I was talking about this fight scene on top of the train where the the ga- the the chain oh, gun and the new one? like came yeah. over that was cool the the, the movie kind of stops feeling like indiana jones after the uh after the first like what half hour of it maybe but that's like that's the part with the bad cg and everything too uh there, there's parts of it that are fun I, I mean it was there was parts that were fun i have, but i think it then there's it, parts of it that are very recycled and then parts of it that are Unnecessary. I think that if you're going to watch Indiana Jones, this fits in. You can watch one, two, three, and five and be like, and then some episodes of young Indiana Jones and go, I got a lot of Indiana Jones and I feel okay about it. You know, just skip some of those episodes of young Indiana Jones who, and the fourth movie. Who played young Indiana Jones in the TV show? River Phoenix. No, that was in the movie. Oh, yeah, that, that was in the movie. I it's, can't remember uh, the kid's name. It's in uh, the dude. Oh, crap. I remember his name. Uh, he's uh, Ben Ben something. He's he's small and he's blonde and he plays a bad guy in like a Sean whole bunch Patrick of things. Flannery. Oh, is that it? Yeah, oh. yeah, that was him. Mm. That was a good show. It was fun. It was silly. Not as good as Young Hercules. And George Hall playing old Indiana Jones. Old Indy. Oh, why didn't they keep some continuity there? Yeah, I even remember. I didn't think about that. No, that dude's no, no, dead no. as hell. But they could have. <laughs> <laughs> that dude was born in 1916. Oh man, he was old in this show, um, it, which went to 2002. So McLean says at the end he puts on the hat, smirks, and walks away. Oh, we already read that. I'm, I'm I'm gonna let you know something. At the end of the movie, I just kind of got real pissed at their little dad joke bullshit. Uh, where it the the very last shot of the movie is they focus on his hat that's hung up. The only Iris fade in the he, whole movie. He hung up the hat. Yeah, yeah. I was so was the upset only... at the visual dad joke. So what pissed me off about that choice because it was an Iris 
fade or white, do you want to call it? And and Spielberg and Lucas love their wipes and fades mm-hmm. and all of those transitionary elements that you don't have see you, in modern. And they, you ever seen the supercuts of the uh, prequel trilogy of Star Wars and all the wipes? All the wipes. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, but but that was a very hallmark of these movies. And just like I didn't see an airplane over a map going with the red dot behind it. Yeah, you know? they kind of did it with the boat, but not yeah. quite the yeah, same. It wasn't the same. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there you have it. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I enjoyed it. I think it's an Indiana Jones movie. I don't know where all the critics are. I, I think this is what I said in the pre-show. If you if you subscribe uh, on Twitch and you come in early because uh, we, we get it here a little bit early and we just, you know, uh, chat chat in the, in the audience. But I was talking about I feel like critics, it's a lot easier for critics that don't have a lot of history with movies or knowledge about movies or references and and understanding of how movies work to give a constructive review of something they like and it's a lot easier and more entertaining especially in 2023 on the internet to just make jokes about why something's bad because everybody likes to like it's like yo mama jokes like that movie was so dumb that blah you know and everybody wants to like be the guy that's like riffing on how bad it is and they go no it's so bad that it but you know and people love to read that and you get two guys that go I thought it was pretty good. Nobody's going to read that shit. Yeah, it wasn't so bad, but I think it did suffer from um, several rewrites. And I think some of the characters uh, that might have had something to them did not show up on screen and they could have been edited Mm -hmm. out. Um, or or just written out of the script. Entirely. It's not a perfect movie. No, it's a good movie. Uh, it's fun. Well, there you have it. That's what we thought. You can check it out. It is in theaters. It'll probably be in theaters for the next couple of weeks because they're going to want to get that get that money out. So uh, there you have it. And speaking of getting the money, we're going to tell you the box office. It's time for that. We do it's the last thing we do in the show. Give you the box office <gasps> roundup for the previous week. We start with number 10, uh, work our way up to number one. These are all domestic numbers. We only give you domestic numbers because that's what the studios care about. Um, the international gross is, is, um, is great. But if it doesn't do good in the United States, then you're not going to see sequels. They're not going to consider it a success. Uh, and uh, spoiler alert, you know, Indiana Jones was one of the most expensive movies produced in the past several years. So um, we'll, I'll leave you with that tidbit, and then I'm going to turn it over to Jake for number 10. Uh, coming in at number 10 in its ninth week in the theater, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 brought in $2 million. Its domestic take is three fifty-five. Um, and then international 837. So it's doing good, a lot better uh, overseas. Uh, I know Disney likes their movies across that half billion for their Marvel, but you know, when you got people like Jonathan Majors, uh, going around abusing people and them finding out it's been going on for 10 years, mm-hmm. maybe people don't want to watch your Marvel movies so much anymore. Uh, number nine, Asteroid City in its third week out reviewed by you on the show brought in a two or four and a quarter million dollars. Its domestic take so far is 18.6. And then coming in just above it in its third week out, dropping from the third spot, The Flash brought in $5.2 million, 99.48 in the U.S. Its domestic take is under $250 million. I don't think that even meets budget for it. It doesn't. It has to get over three hundred million to break even. So going going international, even it has yet to get anywhere near its uh, budget back. So 
tough one on the Flash, and uh, that doesn't bode well for the DCU because James Gunn publicly stated that the, it's one of the best superheroes ever made, and everyone hates it. Everyone likes the Batman. No one likes the Flash. Uh, and then coming in at uh, number seven, remaining at number seven in its sixth week out, uh, Walt Disney's Little Mermaid live action, 5.39 million. Its domestic take, 281 uh, and a quarter million uh, for that one. And then um, right above it, uh, opening. That was the opening of this it, one, yeah. Number six. What's up, Merle? Brought in five and a half million, which is a half a million less than where it was estimated just yesterday. Uh, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Um, opening up at number six is not great. No, it's the worst opening DreamWorks has ever had. Well, did you bad. see the trailer? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're like, yeah, it's a fish girl, and there's a, she fights evil Ariel, uh, even though there's a an, an Ariel everyone um, doesn't like in the theater already. <laughs> uh, and then holding tight at number five, Transformers: Rise of the Beast, which I talked about on the show, um, in its fourth week out. Yeah, we both we both. Ended up oh, liking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. And the Optimus at AMC is still $50. Damn. Make it cheap, AMC. I want the Optimus. Just spend $50, Jake. Huh? Just spend the money. It's a plastic <laughs> truck that holds popcorn. It's not, no, it's metal. Is it metal? The trailer's metal. Oh. And it doesn't just hold popcorn. The cab, the Does actual it Optimus. No, but it holds your drink, and his smokestacks are your straws. Oh, my God. That's pretty sick. The trailer has a top, and it op- it folds open for you to fill with popcorn. Autobots, let's snack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, Transformers, Rise of the Beast, $7.35 million this past week. It's domestic take, only 136.5. It really slowed down. It looked like it was going to do a lot better than that. Uh, they still weren't upset with it. Um, it's brought in 380 million. Beating the flash worldwide. Yeah, it's it's doing better than most of these uh, nostalgia bait movies are uh, right now, kind of a thing. Uh, and then uh, another one holding strong in its position at number four. No hard feelings in its second week out. 7.8 million dollars. Uh, it's brought in just under 30 total uh i'm not sure what the budget on that one is i, I doubt that they're happy with where it is because i'm sure jennifer lawrence's paycheck was uh enormous probably yeah. uh pretty steep especially since she goes full nude in this movie for like five minutes whoa um, oh. but uh, is this movie still playing yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's only in its second week out it's not bad it's it's actually kind of funny and i mean it's like a coming of age grow as a person type movie I liked it. I talked about it on the show. Uh, and then coming in at number three, dropping from its reclaimed number one spot back to number three where it was, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, $12 million this past week, uh, estimated. It, that one's still in the in the estimated stage. Because we're uh, still technically in a holiday weekend. Right, mm-hmm. so. yeah. Well, and uh, I guess the bigger movies like that, they're still folding in because it's in 3,400 theaters. Um $340 million so far in its fifth week out. I'm sure it's making so much money international. It's over $600 million there this you go. week. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it. Yep. And, and Disney wants to know why their Marvel money is not going to them. Uh, make better movies. Disney. Um, and then another one holding at its spot, Elemental, which the dude at the movie theater told me he's watched three times and really Bruh. But well, it's it's also not doing good for a Pixar film. Um, you know, they're they're Disney's unhappy with its performance. 
because uh, it hasn't brought in 200 million globally yet. Yeah, and it probably cost a lot on that one. It brought in 12 million this last week, 89.6. Uh, in the U.S. Yo, shout outs to Merle and Timbo uh, joining in the chat hey, a little on the late side. Some of the cool boys here, yeah. Uh, roll call, burnt popcorn for Optimus. Roll call. Uh, yeah. uh, and then uh, number one, opening at number one, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. Not hard to do with these kinds of numbers uh, we've been talking about. Uh, it was estimated to bring in this much, and it hit almost right on the mark. $60.368 million Which in is still the US. not what they were hoping. They, th- this has been considered a lackluster opening They're, because that's Crystal Skull did Crystal better. Crystal Skull did better, yeah. Uh, they're expecting another $20 million between today and tomorrow to get it 80 for the 4th of July weekend. I hope it picks up tomorrow with people mm-hmm. having the day off work, going to watch movies because um, well, they need something to do with their kids. And what's whatever. funny about movies these days, and I, and I was reading a couple of reviews online, and they were like, and the 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 joke that I always reference is Mr. Show's Worthington's Law, which uh, if you've ever watched Mr. Show with Tom and David, they had Worthington's Law, and Worthington's Law states more money equals better than. And of course, this is a parody about how stupid people um, go. Well, it made more money, so it's better than this one. And some of these reviews were going, well, you know what they say, like this. This can't be a better movie because Crystal Skull made more money at the opening. So Crystal Skull's the better movie. Well, and it's like because power. Crystal Skull was coming after we hadn't had Indian forever, and the last thing we saw was Last Crusade, and you're just like, fuck, you're on yeah, it. Yeah, Indiana Jones, Raiders, Temple, uh, Last Crusade, let's do it. And then they're like, how about Crystal Skulls and kicking your nutsack? And you're like, no, I, don't, I don't like it so much. And yeah. and and the problem is like. And Zaxoff, he know he he knows the the quote. Way to go, Einstein! Look at what this Einstein for a day did. He gave his money all the way to charity. Way to go, Einstein! But uh, you know they they they're measuring these movies financially, and we talk about this a lot on the show. Like great movies, like John Carter was a really big example of this historically, where they're they're good movies, and if they don't make all the money in the first weekend, people go, it must suck. Disney did that, that to spirals. themselves. John Carter from Mars was a pretty cool movie. It was. And when when everybody starts thinking, well, it didn't make enough money, so it's probably not good. And then the next weekend, well, it doesn't make any more money. And they go, well, it's definitely not good because it didn't make any money. And it's like, and maybe that's why they don't they refuse to make things accurate to its source material because they're like we made John Carter accurate to the source material and no one watched it. It's like, well, did you advertise it? Did you even put one friggin' commercial into the world for it, Disney? Did you let anyone know that movie was in the theater? Oh, there was a poster at twelve theaters, dude. Can't believe the world didn't watch it. We should not be judging movies on a, the the scale of how much money they make and how good they are should be completely separate from one another, right? And and it's like we we do at a at a baseline understand this. Like I think people go, you know, they'll separate this when it comes to Asteroid City because people that don't see it they go, it's probably an art film, so I guess that's good, but I don't understand it. And but with Indiana Jones because it's like a big blockbuster, they're like, well, it's a blockbuster, so it's got to make good a bunch of money to be good. No. Don't think about money when it comes to whether a movie is good or not. Go see the movie and find out if it's good or not. Well, like John Wick or something like that doesn't do great at the theater, but as soon as it hits streaming and people find out, they're like, well, damn, that's a good movie. Yeah, John Wick did not make money in the theaters when it first came out. And was it a good movie? No, by everyone's standards. But yes, it was a great movie. And so we have to... (coughs) 
mm, I, we have to stop using this language. And people that review movies, if if you're if you're a film critic and you're out there, and uh, just listen to these dudes. We've been doing it a long time. Like, stop measuring movies by how much they money they make. We report the box office not to measure these movies' success, but to predict the future. You know, and to tell you what is happening, and 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 how it's going to happen on down the line. So, um, so are, so Baldwin Orange brings up something that we were kind of hitting on here, and why Indy's probably doing slow right now is because uh, he says my take on New Indiana Jones, Crystal Skull came out, spent my money to see it, never do that again, and I think that's why it's slow. I yeah, think but it's have more, you have I, you ever been to like what whatever? Fast food restaurant that you frequent. I don't know your life story. I don't know. We're going to say Arby's, for example. And you're probably going to... Somebody go, oh, fuck, I eat Arby's. Just insert restaurant that you like to go to. If you went there once and somebody was having a bad day and you paid your money to eat that sandwich and someone put pickles on it when you said no pickles and you're like, oh, God, I'm never eating Arby's again. Like, that logic is ridiculous, right? And well, I don't want to I don't want to make you feel bad by calling you ridiculous. But, like, it's I $10. I like, go check it out. I understand what, what's being said, though. I do, too. I do, too. But I, I want to hold the mirror up to it and yeah, say, come on. But it's like, yeah, you do. You you pay to go sit somewhere where you you're, you can't pee because you'll miss it. And you're going to spend $30 on popcorn that costs two cents. And, and you're going to get a, a drink and have to hold in that pee for the four hours of dumbass movie you're watching. And if it sucks... You're going to have a bad time. But if it's good, you're going to be like, yeah, that was sick. I'm going to rush to take a leak uh, because I had to hold it in because I didn't want to miss a thing of this movie. And Crystal Skull was just like. It was bad. It was bad. I hated it. I hated it so bad. And I left so angry. Um, But this one, I was like, this is a different movie. This is a different time. This is a different director. I'm going to give it a chance. And if I hate it, I hate it. And then I can make fun of it all day and we could talk about it and laugh and, and make jokes. It's like while I love trying new restaurants, then like, well, how do you know it's good? Have you read a review? Like, I don't know. I'm going to go try the restaurant. If it's bad, I'll laugh at the dish. Yeah, I spent some money, but, you know, I spend my money on a lot more dumbass shit. Look at the state. Look at the show. Um, I spend more money on this dumbass show than uh, a lot of things that are of quality. Um, but it's really about the experience and, you know, uh, exactly. And I think that was the point there is you, you, you don't just pay for a movie, you pay for a movie going experience, experience, which the entire row in front of me had watches that would turn on every time they'd flick their wrist and three of them were looking at their phones and I had to tell people to put their phones away and you just, I do hate doing that. Don't do that. But another thing, I go to the movie, like seeing Dune, like, uh, so a lot of people are like, I'll wait for it to come on TV. No. That is a that is not a just movie just like experience. Blade Runner twenty forty nine like in the theater was the only way to watch that movie. Uh, watching it at home just isn't gonna it's not gonna work the same. It no, it's like there are movies to be seen on a big screen that have a different experience. We talk about this a lot. Jaws because Jaws came out before we were born, and we never got a chance to see them on the big screen until somewhat relatively re- recently in the past you know eight or ten years we got to see Jaws on the big screen when it got re released. I'd never seen that movie before. There's things you see in here that you can't at home. Yeah, that was a different movie to me. And I've seen, and I memorized Jaws. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like movies, big action movies, war movies, um, Saving Private Ryan in the movie theater is not the same experience that you're going to get at home. Uh, When I saw Fury in the movie theater, I was like, I forgot that I was sitting in a movie theater. I thought I was sitting inside of a Sherman tank. Uh, it was very cool. It, it, it brings you into it. And sometimes the movie experience, 
you have to have at the movies. So uh, Zach Soft says he's tempted to travel to a real IMAX for Oppenheimer and Dune 2. Dude, sign me up. I will drive to Tulsa or I will drive. Actually, Branson has a better IMAX, believe it or not. And uh, I, I, I will go. I will go definitely uh, check out one of those. What and- size IMAX? Because Oppenheimer keeps saying that it's been filmed in like three different IMAX sizes. Well, the true film IMAX. Ninety six. There's. It's only going to be in like ten theaters, right? Um, but Branson, the Branson IMAX is one of the largest IMAXs to us. They do have one in Tulsa. It's a smaller IMAX. The one that's here in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, that is not. That is a LIMAX theater. It is, it's just, it's a little bigger than a regular screen. That is not an, if you've never With been. With really uncomfortable seating. Yeah. If you were, uh, uh, if you've ever sat in a real IMAX theater, like a legit OG IMAX, it's, it's whoa. Dude, Movie Albert says he, he was there for the first showing of Jaws. You were Damn part man. of the blockbuster. You were part of history. That's pretty cool. And if you guys, uh, shout outs to our man, Movie Albert. He does have a YouTube channel. It's uh, uh, Al Hardy. Our Hardy's Entertainment, I believe, is your uh, screen name there, over there. So you can subscribe to his channel. Yeah. Um, Gravity, Baldwin says, Gravity's not a good movie, but a huge screen with excellent sound systems makes Gravity a good movie. Yes, exactly. Um, Oh, let's see. The maximum IMAX for Oppenheimer, that's the closest, is in Dallas, and I'm not driving to Dallas for that. So Unless they're doing the Barbie Oppenheimer double feature that the internet is is trying to, to beg for. Dune 2, on the other hand, let's go to Dallas. Yeah, I saw like, the poster. Uh, November, is that right? That's when mm-hmm. Dune 2 is coming out? Stoked. I'm down. I'm super down. The first one was so good. That's a movie you have to watch. So, And, you know, all of that said, like, there is something to be said about the theatrical experience, and 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 ten dollars. Honestly, in today's economy, there is a lot dumber crap you can spend ten dollars on than a movie ticket. And you know, I I really think that there is something to be said, regardless of enjoying the movie, of going into a theater seat, having a shared experience, getting a big, humongous drink, and just. Turning your phone off for two hours and being somewhere you're not. Like Nicole Kidman says at the beginning of every AMC, it's like a magical place. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, Zach Pankey, first-time chatter, hopefully a long-time viewer on Twitch, says, um, are y'all going to the Barbie blowout on Wednesday? Is there a Barbie blowout? What, uh, like... D- dolls on sale? Can I get, like, the uh, the, the Corvette? You, I thought you already had it. <laughs> uh, Baldwin Orange says now I'm not a history buff but I remember the story about Robert Oppenheimer spinning a top just before he died uh, it, like Inception <laughs> uh, Ali Sparkman says heartbreak feels good in a place like uh, this uh, the, the, Beep, the activated, activated word, yeah, if you were here for the pre-show yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a theory the in the pre-show that, that after the pandemic happened and, and and AMC needed money, that this is a subliminal ad, and we we've none of us have been activated yet. But the more we see it, the more programmed we be, we become. We're gonna be like sleeper cell agents, and when we hear the code word somewhere else into the future, we'll all like just invest in AMC or just the the pause between because here. We they are, are. <laughs> yeah, like that whole thing. It just gets longer and longer every time. And you're just like entranced and you wake up hours later. Lodgeweb coming with the hot take that says Jake has the Barbie blow up. <laughs> Got him. What friends you have, Jake? What friends? 
<laughs> oh man but yeah uh we're all gonna get activated i thought that they were gonna change that and film at least a new one with they renewed their contract with, they, yeah with they her. extended the contract like, i think we're they just, just gonna keep playing this yeah just like they've been doing the hundred year anniversary thing for how many years three years yeah, it's gonna be. By the, they're only gonna change it at the hundred and twentieth and twenty fifth anniversary. Like we'll all be dead. Um, We're gonna die in twenty years. D- yeah, some shit's gonna happen, dude. The planet's done. Um, oh, shout outs to my mom, uh, who just had brain surgery this week. She's watching the show. She says, "Giving me shit." Jake loves blow up dolls. He has a collection. Kinky. <laughs> How does my mom know about your blow up doll collection? Is there something I don't know about y'all? Do I need to? Do we need to talk about this, you guys? There's a reason your family's been friends for years. Oh, <laughs> hey, oh. Uh, Baldwin Orange says, "I realized today you can almost watch the entire Dumb and Dumber uh, film via GIFs in Microsoft Teams." I mean, that's <laughs> that's probably true. I love Jake. <laughs> See, my mom says she loves you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Be nice to her. She had her head sawed open. So you should see the scar. It's gnarly. She's going to be a lobotomized Halloween uh, escaped mental patient for Halloween. So she's leaning into it. She knows what's up. Um, anyway, do you have to go to work later? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So Jake has to go to work. This show's going a little bit long. We've been um, just everybody showed up to the at show the at the very end of the show. Um, but thank you for tuning in. Yeah. Uh, you can always check out a replay. Uh, Twitch always has at least one or two replays for the past two weeks. The more the more likes and subs we get, the more they'll keep our shows. YouTube has a whole archive of, of these shows if you want to check them out. Or if you don't want to look at our faces, you can always download the podcast wherever it is you download podcasts. They will be uploaded as soon as I'm done. And I click, click, click some buttons. Because uh, I don't edit anything. Because we're so good at this. So, um, oh, wait. Someone said don't screen. Aw. I'm sorry that I, you got a, a some loge web over here in the comments getting getting filtered. We don't have a we don't have a our 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 mod our mod that lets you say more terrible things was 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 taking the night off. But happy Fourth of July, you guys! Uh, watch Jaws; it's a great Fourth of July movie. If you don't plan on going outside, uh, we got to open the beaches. That's true. And Fourth so. of July weekends when we make all our money. Put those idiots in the water. It's true. It's it's a it's a. And great. then that kid gets eaten right that minute. The very same day. <laughs> He's standing on the beach, being the asshole mayor of this town, coastal town, no hard feelings, and then that kid just gets immediately eaten. And then the woman slaps. Uh, it, while the mayor's standing right there, and, yeah. and lets the sheriff just she take it. Slaps right old Bodie. Brody, oh, Chief Brody gets slapped, and he was the one that was like, get out of the water, you idiots, get out of the water. Mm-hmm. He was the only one trying to help. I know. And she slaps him. They have no Bullshit. brains. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you. Like and subscribe, however it is you like to like and subscribe. And we will see you guys next week. Be safe. Make good decisions. Drink a lot. Keep all if, your fingers. If you are drunk, don't shoot fireworks. So, we'll see you guys next time. Ta-tae. Later. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.